Welcome to the Ask Dr. Deanna Show. I'm Dr. Deanna Holgren, your host. Join me weekly as I cover various health-related lifestyle medicine topics that you get to request. This show is for anyone who wants to proactively improve their health position. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Deanna podcast. Uh, I'm super excited about this next series. Uh, Over the next three weeks, I'll be bringing some material for the menopausal and postmenopausal women out there and just kind of helping them to understand what on earth has happened? What has happened to my metabolism? What has happened to my hormones? And what do I need to do looking forward from a health standpoint to kind of help stay healthy and just be able to live an incredibly vibrant and wonderful life? So today we're going to kick off by talking a little bit about uh, menopausal metabolism. And I think that that, uh, that is a good place to start because that actually affects everything. And um, a lot of times when I'm talking about intermittent fasting and I'm talking about metabolism and so forth, it, it is different for every woman. It's different for every age group. And so it's wonderful to me that I can focus in with this group who pretty much, you know, they've gone through menopause, you're, you know, maybe a around 50, you could be in your early 40s. But all of a sudden, you're recognizing that something has shifted, something has changed. Maybe you're that person who you've always been able to eat whatever you want, and you've never had to worry about your weight. And all of a sudden, your your diet hasn't changed, but you notice that you're having some slight weight gain, maybe five pounds a year or whatever it might be. And you just don't like it. You don't like the way you look in your clothes. Things are a little tighter here, a little tighter there. And so what can you do about that? Um, so that's what we're going to uh, delve into today. And unfortunately for that menopausal woman, one of the things that we find is that the metabolism does slow down. And so a lot of times we have got to do uh, some little tricks, some little things that can kind of help wake that up and kind of help support uh, our bodies. And so one of the things is by reducing carbohydrates. And I've known women who, you know, have tried, you know, forever to, to get that, you know, maybe 20 pounds off and they've not been able to, to lose it or whatever. And then they reduce their carbohydrate content and bam, you know, they are in the sweet spot and it's working very, very well for them. And, you know, they've been able to lose weight and so forth. So I feel like for that menopausal woman who just, it, it's not budging, no matter, you feel like no matter what you do, it won't budge. Uh, for you, it's basically reduce your carbohydrate, your daily carbohydrate content down to definitely below 50 grams. Some of you will go below 20, uh, no more than 20 grams a day to be able to, to see that weight loss. Now, when you cut carbs to that point, that means that you're going to make sure that you're eating moderate protein and you're probably going to increase the fat content. Um, so lots of veggies, good clean protein sources, you know, adding some healthy fats uh, into the diet as well. And that is such a difference maker for so many people. The other thing that makes a huge difference uh, for the menopausal woman is basically intermittent fasting. And I know you guys have seen so much information out there, you know, various social media platforms, et cetera, that talk about intermittent fasting as a tool. And I feel like it is especially a great tool for women in this age group. So where I like to start and what I recommend for my patients is you start out with 12 hours. You've got to get down the 12-hour fast, which to me is sort of not really a a true fast, but 12 hours, we should all be doing that every night. Uh, So, you know, whatever time you ate at the end of the day, mark it, and then do not consume 
any calories at all for another 12 hours. Uh, you know, they always call it breakfast because you are literally breaking your fast. And so when you do this, it takes about 12 hours to utilize or burn off the glucose that's in your system. After that, your body goes to more of a fat burning mode where it's literally breaking down uh, fat, burning fat to try to make fuel out of it to, to use for energy, which is a great place to be. You know, it's wonderful because you're not in the gym, but yet you're burning fat. So, so you start with the 12 hours. Once you have that down, I recommend pushing it to 14. See how you do with that. Now, again, you know, beyond that, you always want to check with your doctor, especially if you're diabetic, so on and so forth, you know, always check with them. But typically, I have people moving in the menopausal range. I have them moving to a, a, what I call a 16-8, basically um, push their fast to 16 hours, and then they're going to consume all of their calories for a day in that eight-hour window, okay? So it's a feeding window that's for eight hours. And, you know, they might only eat two meals. They might have, you know, two meals and a snack, something like that. But they're going to focus on low-carb. So this is something that I've implemented myself. Uh, I typically will stop eating around 7.30 uh, in the evening, and then I try to fast, wait, and, and break my fast at around 11.30 each day. And again, what you're doing there is when you go, you know, beyond the 12 hours, you're burning fat and that can be an incredibly effective tool. We've had people implement just this one thing and see absolutely tremendous results uh, in, you know, their overall health. Um, it has a very positive impact on their lipid panel. So their cholesterol, their triglycerides, you know, all of those sorts of things. They do end up losing weight. And as an added benefit, here's an incredible thing. They see a, a decrease in some of the symptoms that you might be experiencing as you're going through menopause. Uh, because believe it or not, uh, when we are constantly consuming a lot of carbohydrates, mainly like sugar and grains, things like that, it has an impact on our hormones. So what happens is if, if I eat a high carbohydrate meal, could be a drive-through food, could be, you know, just something with a bun, um, French fries, you know, whatever. So high carbohydrate meal, my blood sugar increases, okay? My body senses that my blood sugar is high and my pancreas goes to work to bring that blood sugar down. And it does that by producing some insulin, okay? So insulin uh, is actually a growth hormone and it sends the message to store that, that sugar, store it as fat for later, to use it later. And so what happens is insulin is a hormone and it has an impact on so many other hormones, uh, especially the female reproductive hormones and so forth. And so we can see a variance in, in terms of our symptoms based on what we're eating. So many, many times when women are going through menopause and they're experiencing hot flashes or, you know, some of the other symptoms, uh, you know, mood swings, et cetera, if they basically go to more of a plant-based, you know, just a really clean diet, getting rid of grains, getting rid of sugar, that in and of itself is enough to reduce a lot of the symptoms that they were experiencing. So, so we're going to use intermittent fasting, okay? We're going to use a lower carb diet because that's really what's going to work for the menopausal woman. And we're basically going to, to offset or reverse any insulin resistance that we might have going on. Insulin resistance, what is it? You can go back to the beginning and listen to the podcast that I did on insulin resistance for a more in-depth uh, view of what that is or a more in-depth explanation. But basically, insulin resistance is when you know we're eating too many carbohydrates and we have a high level of insulin circulating kind of continuously in our system. Eventually, 
our cells become less sensitive okay, to the insulin. It's not an issue. So when you look at type 2 diabetes, what is it? It's insulin resistance. Your pancreas is working and it's making lots of insulin. That's why you're gaining weight because it's a growth hormone. But what happens is the cells become less sensitive uh, to the insulin. And so then we have this phenomenon of insulin resistance. And for a lot of people, you know, when you look at diabetes, you think prediabetes and then there's diabetes. Well, insulin resistance is actually happening even before that prediabetes. And so we can have a very positive impact on that whole process uh, just by lowering that carbohydrate content by implementing some intermittent fasting, and you will feel so much better uh, by doing that as well. So we want to really tackle that, and that will make the difference. So when you when you hear me talk about this diet or this plan, you know one of the things that um, you may have you know concluded from it is that okay, gosh, this sounds a lot like keto. So I want to just share just a little word on that. Keto does work, and you can have what I call sustainable keto but it is not anything like dirty keto, okay? So a lot of times people think of keto and they're out there, they're, they're pounding the protein, they're eating tons of bacon, they're eating you know, processed meats, they're eating all kinds of horrible foods. That is not what I'm talking about at all. So I don't really even like to call it keto. I really like to call it just kind of a grain-free, sugar-free diet where you're not eating the sugar, you're not eating the grains, and because you're not eating those, you are actually going to increase your fat content a little bit. Maybe some healthy nuts, um, you know, some avocado, avocado oil. I love putting, you know, organic, um, you know, uh, uh, organic GMO-free avocado oil, you know, on my vegetables that I'm roasting, for example. It's typically the oil that I would cook with as well uh, because it's a very neutral oil and doesn't have, um, you know, a whole lot of flavor to it or anything. So, so that's more what I'm talking about. It's healthy. It's sustainable. You can do this. You can continue doing it, you know, for the rest of your life without an issue. So when we look at the weight issue, okay, so one of the things that also comes into play here is that most women, as women, we're supposed to get about half our weight in grams of protein per day. So cut your weight in half, okay, whatever it is, cut it in half. That's about how many grams of protein that you need per day. Most of us are not meeting our protein requirements, okay? That amount right there would be considered moderate protein. So when you look at the whole diet and where am I getting my calories from, where am I getting my nutrients from, you know, oftentimes women are not getting enough protein. They might eat protein once a day and they may end up with 20 grams. Well, that's just not enough, um, you know, for a, a 150 pound, you know, individual, for example. So half your weight in protein grams per day would be considered moderate. And again, if, if you're weightlifting or you're doing something like that, then your protein requirement would be higher. But for most of us, you know, with moderate exercise, that sort of thing, it's one gram for, you know, half your weight. So, so kind of use that as a tool for protein. Uh, and then again, when you're looking at fats, just, you know, incorporating those healthy fats uh, can make a difference. Also, It's super, super important that you think about hydration, okay? We also tend to not drink enough water. And so as we are working through that fast, especially in the morning, when you are trying really hard not to consume any calories because you don't want to break your fast, um, so you're trying really hard not to consume any calories, it is a great idea 
to be drinking water. You can add, squeeze a little lemon in it. There are no calories in that, like a little lemon juice or whatever it is that you want to do, just no calories. That's really the key. And you know, it, it's going to help you to feel full. It's going to help with detoxification. After you've gone 12 hours, you're now burning some fat. After you've gone about 14 hours on your fast, um, there's a process that kicks in called autophagy. And autophagy is just simply a cellular cleansing or a cellular detoxification. Like we actually have a built-in detoxification system that kicks in right around a little after 14 hours, right in that range, somewhere between 14 and 16 hours on your fast. And so to help support that, you want to make sure that you're drinking plenty of good, clean water, which will, ap- will absolutely make a difference. So what I've experienced is um, women who are in that menopausal range and who basically start following a 16-8 intermittent fasting, they reduce their carbohydrate content. They're mindful you know, of you know, their activity, their exercise, all of that. They're getting plenty of water. They're eating moderate protein. They make all these little tweaks which are absolutely sustainable, okay? You'll be able to do this for the long haul, um, this style of eating, lots of great veggies, wonderful things from the garden, uh, as well as the moderate protein and, and, and your good healthy fats. And what I found is that women who do this, they tend to feel so much better. Their hormones are more in balance and it, it helps them in terms of getting through menopause uh, without all of the symptoms that we typically see or that we typically hear about. So I hope this has been helpful. This is the start. I like to call it um, the menopausal belly buster because that's what it is. You know, so many times when you're going through menopause, you end up packing on weight right there in the belly. And this is the menopausal belly buster, you know, my tips to help uh, get through that time period and basically help, um, you know, with weight management during that time as well. Next week, we are going to talk about hormones. We're going to talk about menopausal hormones. And, um, you know, it might get a little crazy there because I know for so many of you um, who have experienced this, you know, maybe things do get a little out of control in life during that time. So we're going to talk about menopausal hormones. And then we're going to finish up the series at the end. We're going to talk about bone health uh, and some other things that women uh, of a menopausal age kind of need to be thinking about in order to stay healthy for the next 25, 30 years uh, after menopause. Pause. So thanks so much for joining me, everybody. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that episode. For more information, visit me at DeannaHoldren.com. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. Deanna Holdren. I really want to hear from you, so message me. I love taking your messages and creating topics from them. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share my show with those who have an interest in health and wellness. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.